You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Have you ever thought about God's math? Hi, I'm Kent Hunter, founder of Church Doctor Ministries. I must admit, math has never been my strength. Thank God my wife operates the checkbook. (laughs) But I love the mission multiplication of God's math. Why? I love it when people far from God become followers of Jesus. It's miracle math. (laughs) You know, there's an old saying that goes like this. You can count the number of seeds in an apple But you can't count the number of apples in a seed. Reflect on what that means as a believer in Jesus. And think about the mission of your church. Think about your mission from your church. You know, after consulting almost 2,000 churches from 78 denominations and non-denominational and independent churches in the U.S. alone, it has become clear that most churches primarily reflect addition rather than multiplication. Many Christ followers go along with this approach and have never really thought about the concept. With some great exceptions, Most congregations focus on programs, sometimes called ministries. Yet Jesus launched a movement. In fact, God the Creator birthed a movement. And it began way back in the Garden of Eden. The Lord said to Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and multiply. His plan was to fill the earth. And you know, humans have been quite good at that. (laughs) Have you ever seen the great pyramids in Egypt? Oh my, I was there recently. And of course, I've seen pictures of them, like everyone else. And yet, when I walked up to the base of one of those pyramids, I was totally overwhelmed by the size Pictures and even films of these human achievements simply cannot capture their incredible size. Those pyramids are so much larger than I could have ever imagined. Many centuries ago, the Egyptians used tens of thousands of workers to build them. Sadly, some of those were slaves. Nevertheless, it is clear that ancient civilizations got it right. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the way to get big things done. This math is a reflection of what they call exponential growth. And here's how it works. 1 plus 1 equals 2. However, 2 times 2 equals 4. And 4 times 4 equals 16. And 16 times 16 equals 
256. And that is just the beginning. You see, the growth of humanity is actually a population explosion, and we often call it that. Now, on the other side, everyone eventually dies. However, the population total continues to grow larger. Even with major pandemics and wars, the number of humans on planet Earth continues to grow, and it grows faster and faster, increasing every minute, every hour of every day. You see, God's plan for filling the earth works really well. Now, let's look at God's plan for populating heaven. Jesus followed his father's plan of exponential growth as it relates to heaven. This isn't a calculation about those being born, but about those being born again. Interesting that he would use that language. Do you see the connection? Here's how it works, or here's how it's supposed to work. Christ followers become disciples. Disciples multiply other believers, who multiply others, who impact even others. You see, the plan is exponential spiritual growth. It is God's divine plan for the Christian movement. It makes a better world, and it populates heaven for eternity. You see, Jesus makes it clear. He says, go make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, <laughs> and so on. The plan is the spiritual flywheel effect. The movement moves by exponential multiplication. At least, that's God's plan. This explosive spiritual plan is a holy pandemic. Spiritually infected Christ followers connect with others who become believers, who become believers, and the eternal infection spreads. Again, at least that's God's plan. Now let's look at reality. In actuality, the Christian movement is often truncated by bureaucracy. The movement becomes an organization. Why? Probably because humans drift toward control. So we attract bureaucrats. And what happens? The explosive exponential growth diminishes in direct proportion to the size of the professional staff. Christians, called disciples, are diminished to the status of volunteers. Multiplication is reduced to addition. Growth moves toward plateau. The movement is re-engineered to become programs. Disciple-making is seen as the job of the professionals. 
God's multiplication plan is reduced to addition, exercised by the professionals. The kingdom of God is greatly stalled from its divine potential. In this reality, the growth of the kingdom is significantly diminished. It moves from a movement of mass multiplication to the mission of a few, cheered on by the many. Real ministry, as it's called, is seen as the calling of the elite, pastors, staff, perhaps a few active volunteers. Multiplication is significantly reduced to addition. The expansion of heaven is greatly diminished. Ever hear the phrase, everyone a minister? Maybe, but maybe not. You see, Scripture calls God's plan the priesthood of all believers. It means that every Christian is a minister, or is supposed to be a minister. Every Christian has a ministry. That word, minister, from the perspective of Scripture, is a designation for every Christ follower. Now, there are leader types in the body of Christ. comes right from the Bible. In Ephesians 4, the Bible identifies them as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their divine design, <laughs> their marching orders to equip believers for the work of ministry. Nowhere is there a hint that these leaders do ministry for the believers in the church. You see, according to God's book, the Bible, how do leaders perform their job description? By discipling, you know, like Jesus did, Jesus' style. The leaders, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they follow Jesus' four steps, a four-step pattern to equip all God's people for ministry. Step number one, I do, you watch. Step number two, I do, you help. Step number three, you do, I help. Step number four, you do, I watch. And multiplication step number five, we both go on to disciple someone else following the same formula. And that's what is supposed to be the ongoing lifestyle of every Christian. This is undeniably the plan according to Scripture. God's plan for Christian ministry begins with spiritual gifts. Look, there are so many ways to serve God, but how do you know where you fit? Well, the Holy Spirit has given you spiritual, yes, supernatural gifts. They are God-given attributes. 
You don't decide which role you should perform, nor does any person decide that for you. You are not asked to volunteer. Oh, no, you're much more important to God than that. God wants you to discover your divine supernatural sweet spot in the work of the kingdom by discovering, developing, and using your spiritual gifts. Here's what I know. Ironically, very few Christians even know their spiritual gifts. They've never discovered their spiritual gifts, what gifts they have and which, which gifts they don't have. But here's the challenge. You can't use what you don't know God has given you. So here's the reality. Most pastors and church staff get worn out by doing ministry. And churches just creep along in impacting the world. Why is that? Well, most pastors and church staff spend very little of their time discipling others for ministry. They're swamped by doing ministry for the members of the church. This, in spite of the fact that Jesus modeled multiplication, called discipling. I've heard it, and so have you. We need more volunteers in the church. The problem? God doesn't use people to get the job done. Instead, he gifts people supernaturally to find their unique, fulfilling sweet spot in the most important, miraculous work in the universe. And when you serve in the areas of your gifts, it's not work. You are powered by the Holy Spirit at a supernatural level. It's in the Bible. You are a special agent in the most important work in the universe. So, let's focus on God's plan. Why, you might ask, are most churches operating at a level far below their spiritual potential? It's because we have corrupted God's divine plan. We have literally handcuffed God's people by neglecting the biblical approach for the Christian movement. Even more concerning, churches that operate by staff doing ministry and volunteers being used for organizational activities, those churches rob God's people of the most thrilling spiritual experiences of a lifetime. Even worse, the body of Christ, the church, is crippled by worn-out, well-meaning leaders who have inherited a system that fails to follow the biblical plan of multiplication. The result? People who need Jesus never get reached. Another result? The staff faces burnout. A third result, the church does not reach its divine potential. The ultimate result, 
the nation declines in spirituality. So, let's focus on re-engineering your church. Spiritual gifts discovery developed and used in the culture of your congregation is not a divine gimmick, nor is it a quick fix. However, it reflects the spiritual culture of the New Testament church. So, do you want to take a giant step forward, renewing your church for greater vitality and impact? Help the believers in your congregation to discover, develop, and use their spiritual gifts. You know, some Christians would describe their efforts as working at church. In God's plan, you are not just working at church. You're cooperating with the Holy Spirit who has given you a unique set of divine gifts, supernatural gifts. As a Christian, you are on a mission from God. You know, as church doctors, we're constantly surprised by how many churches are filled with those who have never discovered their spiritual gifts. Yet, I shouldn't be shocked. In my own life, I went through four years of school at a Christian college. Then I went through four years of seminary, receiving a Master of Divinity degree. I was accepted into graduate school at that seminary and spent over three years earning a Ph.D. in theology. However, when I arrived to lead my first church, I still didn't know my unique spiritual gifts. No one, no one ever mentioned it during my educational journey. What's up with that? As a pastor of a Lutheran church, I taught confirmation to 7th and 8th grade young adults. In the curriculum, which was influenced by reformer Martin Luther, there was material included that is accepted by most Christians. It's in the Bible. And, and so we studied the Apostles' Creed, a centuries-old summary of the work of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in Martin Luther's explanation of the work of the Holy Spirit, I taught the young adults how the Holy Spirit enlightens believers with his gifts. And in the process, I had no clue which gifts God had given to me. It was later, when I studied in mission school at a non-denominational seminary, that I was taught about spiritual gifts. These spiritual gifts, Martin Luther had highlighted during the Protestant Reformation. I learned that when you discover the gift mix God has given uniquely to you, you can focus on serving the Lord where He has spiritually designed you to serve most effectively. And do you know what that does? For your enthusiasm, uh, by the way, that's the word in Godism, enthusiasm. Do you know what that does for your enthusiasm 
for serving in the kingdom of God? So, as a pastor, I began to help others in my church discover, develop, and use their unique spiritual gifts. Those gifts that they were personally given by the Holy Spirit. Know what I discovered? Christians come alive in God's service when they discover their divine sweet spot. Several years later, I wrote a book that includes a questionnaire that serves as a reflection tool. It follows the spiritual gift references in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4, as well as a few other New Testament references. One of my favorite workshops developed by Church Doctor Ministries is about discovering your spiritual gifts. <laughs> Honestly, it is liberating for every Christian to discover their unique gift mix. The process energizes the effectiveness of the local church. <laughs> you just can't improve on God's plan. I love the biblical concept of geometric progression. The words geometric progression are not in Scripture. However, the concept is absolutely central to Jesus' divine plan to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who multiply over and over and over again. This is how geometric progression works. If you take a thin sheet of paper and fold it once, now it is twice as thick. If you fold it again, it's not three times as thick, it's four times as thick. If you could fold it 50 times, it would literally reach from here to the sun. And if you folded it one more time, it would reach from here to the sun and back again. Wow. The God of the universe is a genius. He has given us his son, Jesus. Jesus has given us a plan to reach the world. What is that plan? Multiply disciples. Multiply disciples who multiply other disciples. Multiply churches. Do you want to change the world? Then do what God says. Be fruitful and multiply. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, available at Amazon.com.